Welcome to this latest episode in our contentious regulatory podcast series. I'm Duncan Campbell, a managing associate in Linklater's financial regulation practice and a contentious regulatory specialist. The FCA just published its latest annual report with statistics on the FCA's interventions and enforcement work. And in this episode, we'll reveal some hidden trends and themes in these numbers that aren't as clear from the charts and tables that the FCA has produced itself. The goal is to forewarn you of the FCA's direction of travel so you can take targeted action to mitigate relevant risks within your own organizations. And to help me do this, I'm joined by my colleague, Sarah Cody, who is counsel in Linklater's financial regulation practice and also a contentious regulatory specialist. Hello, everyone. It's great to be here. Before we start, in the show notes, you'll find a link to a pack of data visualizations of the numbers we'll be discussing today. So have a look at that. Okay, let's dive right in. And Sarah, there's a striking new development in this annual report. FCA enforcement is now reporting not only on its enforcement investigations, but also on what it calls interventions. What's this about? So this is what we've been calling assertive supervision. So it's nice to see the FCA has given it an official name. It covers the sweeping supervisory powers the FCA has, apart from actually taking enforcement action by way of fines, business restrictions and the like. And interventions, most importantly, covers the imposition of requirements or RECs and variations of permission or VOPs. It covers the FCA's power to impose these on its own initiative. These are called OIRECs and OIVOPs. Yes, and they're voluntary equivalents, which are VREcs and VVOPs, because often those voluntary applications are made at the FCA's request. And these powers can be exercised on an urgent and immediate basis, which is a real risk for firms. Sarah, is enforcement running these cases? Not by itself. The FCA has created a new combined supervision policy and competition team, or SPC, to deliver these interventions. The SPC doesn't include enforcement. But the report explains that when SPC raises concerns, then enforcement will open up an interventions case and SPC and enforcement will work together on the intervention. Sounds like this new way of doing things has really been enabled by the FCA's recent reforms to take interventions decision-making away uh, from its quasi-independent regulatory decisions committee, or RDC, and to give it to executives throughout the FCA in SPC and in enforcement. Yes, and also by FCA cross-department initiatives on specific subject matters. One of these is the FCA's new Financial Promotions and Enforcement Task Force. The other is a dedicated new supervisory department to lead and coordinate the FCA's work on appointed representatives. So we should expect some more interventions and enforcement activity in these areas in due course. It's worth looking at some of the stats now, because when it comes to interventions, the FCA is walking the walk, not just talking the talk. Now, at first glance, interventions looks like a small part of the FCA's work. So at year end, um, that's 1 April 2022, there were only a fifth as many open RECs and VOPs cases as there were open enforcement cases. But... That's not the whole story. You see, RECs and VOPs cases are much shorter, five months on average, and enforcement cases are 27 to 36 months long on average. So it turns out, actually, that there are roughly as many RECs and VOPs cases opened as there are enforcement cases opened. It's just that they're closed more quickly. 
And actually, this is already showing up in the numbers of published FCA supervisory notices. Now, this basically went parabolic from 2018 to 2021, and the FCA is on track this year to publish at least as many supervisory notices as last year, and probably more. Let's now look at FCA's Skilled Persons Commissions. What are we seeing in the numbers there, Sarah? So first of all, we're seeing these being used even more frequently for portfolio supervision firms compared to the largest firms that have dedicated supervisors. So dedicated supervision skilled persons reports made up 31% of all commissions in 2019 to 2020, and now they're only 11%. Plus, the number of skilled person commissions is down a lot by 45% on last year. So dedicated supervision firms will see skilled persons less frequently, but when they do, will they still be as expensive? Even more so. In 2020 to 2021, the average cost per FCA commission was £580,000, and per PRA commission, it was £270,000. Last year, that rose to almost £1 million for both regulators. And what issues are skilled persons commissions most commonly targeting now? Well, Lot C, which covers controls and risk management frameworks, is 43% of all commissions, and it's been rising dramatically over the last couple of years. Financial crime and conduct of business issues are also prominent, whereas insurance and client assets are on the decline. Let's turn to FCA enforcement now. And the statistics really paint a mixed picture, don't they? That's right, they do. And let's start with staffing numbers, actually. These are buried in the financial statements and corporate governance section of the report, but they are important and they're concerning for FCA enforcement and market oversight. So if we take 2016-17 staffing levels as our base, then for the whole FCA we saw a rise to 115% of those levels in 2019-2020, but then a steady decline to 108% in 2021-2022, so the last reporting year. But FCA enforcement and market oversight is worse. It rose to 109% in 2019-20, but since then has sharply declined to only 93% in 2021-22. Now, those staffing issues could prove a real hindrance to progressing enforcement's caseload. Yes, and we're seeing that in the data too. About half of FCA enforcement cases have been open for more than 800 days. And of those, over a quarter are cases in which the FCA hasn't even appointed investigators yet. Now, I remember that at the height of the pandemic, we saw significant rationalisation from FCA enforcement, with more cases closed and fewer opened. Is this continuing? And that's the odd thing, it's not. In the last reporting year, the FCA once again opened more cases than it closed, and the number of open cases is holding steady. And that is concerning, because the longer the FCA takes on existing cases, the more costly they can be for firms, and the greater the potential career impact they have for individuals. There may also be an impact on enforcement outcomes as FCA case teams change and the underlying facts age beyond reliable memory. Yes, that's right. And so in the year to come, enforcement matters are going to need some insightful and agile management from firms and and their lawyers. 
And Sarah, you have some data to share on the subject matters that these enforcement cases are addressing. This is a useful indicator of FCA enforcement's focus areas, given that actually the top five areas broadly account for over 85% of all open FCA enforcement cases. So retail, so that's mostly retail conduct, but some lending, tops the list at 22%. This is followed by pensions advice and scams at 21%. Insider dealing is next, though many insider dealing cases will be smaller and concern more isolated facts. And that's followed by wholesale conduct and then financial crime. The bottom four categories are misleading statements, market manipulation, investment scams and listings. That's surprising given the FCA's tough rhetoric, especially on investment scams. So perhaps that will be a growth area next year. But what about actual FCA enforcement actions? Well, the FCA hasn't recovered yet from the dip that uh, was associated with the coronavirus pandemic. Pre-pandemic, it was imposing around 15 fines each year, and that fell to 10 in 2020-21 and has only risen to 11 last year. However, total FCA financial penalties are up. They hovered around £200 million between 2019 and 2021, but they've shot up to over £300 million last year. So fewer fines, but each fine is bigger. And there are a few multi-year trends that have been confirmed in the latest data, aren't there? Yes, there are. And the first is that the FCA is really backing off fining individuals. They fined only three individuals last year. That's down around 80% from levels we saw in 2017 to 2019. And it really suggests that the FCA is committing to improve individual behaviour by supervisory engagement with firms directly so as to drive cultural change that way. And the, the second trend I want to highlight is that financial crime and AML has cemented itself as the dominant area of FCA enforcement action. It's, it's not the number of fines that's changed, but the total sterling amount of fines has increased significantly over the last several years, and now is around half of total financial penalties. And we don't see this changing anytime soon. As an aside, this pattern of fewer but bigger fines is repeated in the PRA context too. The PRA isn't opening many new cases, but its total fines are rising sharply and hit almost 60 million last reporting year. Now, Duncan, we're almost out of time, but you have a little bonus for us to wrap up with, don't you? Yes, I do, because the FCA recently published its data on its financial promotions actions up to June 2022, and a fascinating trend is emerging, actually. So the number of promotions that the FCA is causing to be amended or withdrawn is steadily rising. But the number of cases that the FCA opens to do this is steadily falling. And so that tells me that perhaps the FCA is increasingly preferring to pursue larger firms over smaller firms when it comes to financial promotions. Also, the numbers show that more promotions are being discovered directly by the FCA itself rather than being reported to the FCA, like by consumers, other regulators, and even by firms themselves. So it would be reasonable to infer that the FCA's strategy here is increasingly to to intensively surveil the financial promotions that are issued by larger firms. So larger firms should really sit up and take notice of this development. 
that brings us to the end of this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Please look at the show notes for a link to some graphics depicting the statistics we've discussed today. We've also included a link to our podcast episode on enforcement trends for 2022. And don't hesitate to contact us or anyone else at Linklaters if you would like to discuss any of these issues further. Thank you very much for listening. 